Dogs of Warcry is a podcast from the Mortal Realms, focusing on Warcry, a fast-paced, cinematic skirmish game by Games Workshop. Join us for discussions on gameplay, rules, lore, painting, terrain building, campaigns, and events. Welcome to Dogs of Warcry. In Episode 6, we'll discuss the new Warcry Grand Alliance books and share our thoughts on what they bring to the game. My name is Josh, and answering the call with me this week is Paven. How are you, man? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. We've got a lot of interesting uh, material to go through tonight. I'm excited about it. Yeah, we were talking about it before the show. I think I've doubled my stack of Warcry books in the last month. Yes, definitely. Like we, are, we are knee-deep in content, and I'm loving it. Uh, yeah, lots of, lots of juicy tidbits to try out the next time we get together and play games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, can't wait, can't wait. <laughs> Let's kick it off with the Forge of Mithraxis, our hobby progress segment. Josh, please tell me, what have you been working on? I've done a little bit. Not not as much as I'd hoped, but I did um, go back to the drawing board and try a different color scheme with my canine Shadowstalkers. I can go a little bit more in detail of that when we get to our Circle of Paint Challenge section. However, my 3D printer had been on uh, leave for a while just because things slowed down quite a bit. I didn't need to be using it as much, but... I got it dusted off and going again this last week or so and got some uh, nice uh, bone-themed columns and statues printed off to use for Warcry or or Age of Sigmar. So I'm excited about that. Working on the uh, Warcry Arena next so we can have some pit fighting with the new rules that are coming out in Toma Champions 2020 as well as some of the quests that we covered in our last episode. How about yourself, Paven? Well, tell me more about this arena. Like, what is what does it look like? Where did you get the, I guess, maybe the STL file? Yeah, like, yeah. Where, where so, from? so there's actually, um, for the last year, I, I think it was probably, yeah, September 20, you know, 2019, when they came out with the arena battles in the White Dwarf, uh, people started picking up the Playmobil arena, Roman arena from Legos. I was going to ask. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it, it became popular enough that well, in Europe you could get it for a decent price, but in the United States it was sold out, and and people were buying them like for two hundred and fifty dollars. So so somebody finally came up with the files, and I've seen a lot of people have printed them off and painted them up, and they look great. So okay. now it's my turn. <laughs> so it's the uh, it's the three D printed version of the Playmobil Coliseum. Yes, correct. Sure. Cool. Yeah, I was wondering if that if it, that was related to you know that, that that weird thing our hobby did where we took children's <laughs> toys and repurposed them for our bloody war game. Exactly. Very cool. Uh, is it printed now or is it printing? Is it in the process of printing? In the process of printing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Cool. Cool. And those bone columns and statues. What what inspired you to get uh, print those guys? Uh, so this is a, a website called 3D Hexes, and uh, the person makes and sells a lot of uh, STL files. Every year, he, he's got some great sales with a lot of interesting terrain. And, and uh, there was a Halloween bit this, this past year that had a bunch of these interesting gates or statues. So I, I picked it up because it was a great price. And I was like, oh, well, you know, these these columns and stuff would be great. You know, we were talking about Las Valorum, and I thought, oh, there'd be some really good scenery for a death-themed city, you know, but they could also work for Ossiac Bone Reapers or, or some other death-themed areas in a Warcry game. Yeah. 
Great. Cool. All good stuff. All yeah, right. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump into my hybrid progress if you uh if you don't have anything else to share. No, please go ahead. Okay. Um so I made I, I think I've made some meaningful progress. Uh so I started with I finished basing my first thousand points of signs of the flame. I you know, I buckled down and I and I you know I you know got them all glued on there. There wasn't too much to do. I mean basing goes quickly once you know once you have it uh well, what your scheme is. And I end up with like a purple kind of ground uh like texture ground uh with like a gray gray cobblestone on like part of it i'd use the technique where you kind of like tear up your 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 rolled textured base and then Mm -hmm. so you have like different uh different textures or different uh, materials on the base and so i threw some skulls on there because it's warhammer and then some tufts on top and, and i think it looks okay i mean you don't want to go too crazy with basing. Like the whole point is the miniature and they're the framing for the miniature. And I think they do that serviceably enough. Great. Um, so yeah, thousand points done. Lock it in. The, the awesome. warband, the initial warband is done. Uh, that feels, yeah. that felt really good to cross those guys over the finish line. Oh yeah. Uh, I then, uh, made a little, a very uh, token progress with my next two initiates. And then I decided to switch gears because I, I don't know. I didn't have the, the hobby mojo to continue to paint those guys for mm-hmm. no particular reason I understand. But I switched into painting the dungeon train out of the catacomb set. And I got like five pieces done so far. And I like, I'm kind of, I want the dungeon to be tied to the warband. So I also went with kind of a purple and a stone and bronze and iron and bone, uh, depending on the material. And I think that looks really good for terrain. It would awesome. be awesome. It would be too boring and run together if it was like uh, like a, a, a regular miniature, um, but like I think train is supposed to kind of fall into the background. Um, so I think I like that purple and then the bone contrast, and then you know he has some some interest. And it's quick. You just I do all the base coats, and then I everything gets an agrath earth shade wash, and then everything gets a, a, a like a bone colored dry brush, and that's mm-hmm. it. That's all the steps. So I painted the first like four test four or five test pieces. And now I'm going to do the rest in one big batch, minus probably the really intricate ones like the weapon stash right. and the hole in the wall and the casket all probably need to be a little bit more of special attention. So I'll probably save those to the end. Um, cool. But that's exciting. So like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to get that set and done in the next week. And then I'm really actually really excited to build the rest of the Warcry terrain and paint that up. I don't know. Yeah. I'm really into the, the building of the terrain in the world right now. That, Maybe it's because well, I can't play games. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, it'll be all ready, and it's great for pictures, you know. So, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing your uh, color schemes for that terrain. I have to share those when you get a chance. Yeah, I will uh, do my best to put put out, put what I've painted at least in the Discord. Wonderful. Well, anything else you'd like to add there? No, I think that's everything. Perfect. Excellent. Uh, we'll jump to the path to glory, which unfortunately, again, this week. We didn't have any games. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, it's cold yeah, and uh, we're unable to play outside. So. <laughs> season four, Dogs of Warcry, is going to be chock full of games. Right. Uh, it's going to be full <laughs> of them. Actually, Vint was telling me, our uh, friendly neighborhood Warhammer store manager was telling me he's been doing a lot of Warcry recruiting um, yes. during this downtime. And so we might, I hopefully, we have a real deep bench of people that want to play campaigns and challenge battles and Warcry Knight's going to be popping over at the Warhammer store when it is medically safe to uh, pop to off in the Warhammer so. store. <laughs> no, that'd be great. I'm looking forward to that, too. 
All right. So with that, uh, we'll move into a more exciting area with Visions of Madness. Paven, what do you have for us? Uh, the only vision I have is that we've been peeking into the Tome of Champions 2020, and yep. it's got a lot of cool stuff in there. A lot of stuff I'm very excited to talk about, but we're not going to talk about it now. We're probably going to talk about it next episode. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of really cool things. I agree. Yeah, I've, I have my copy. I've only skimmed it, but I've really, really liked everything I've read. So not to get you too excited about an episode we are not currently doing. This episode <laughs> is great, too, by the way. We have a great exactly. show for you all. Um, <laughs> but yeah, is there anything else? On the vision? Oh, I guess we got new we got new rules on the Warhammer community site, didn't we? We got a, like a scenario. Um, the, we got a Bugman. Right. Bugman scenario, right? Do you well, know anything for, about it? That was for I Age don't. of Sigmar. Yeah, so. Oh, but, it's, uh, an Age of Sig- it's not Warcry? The November White Dwarf has a scenario for Warcry for Joseph, or the Jacob Bugmanson. And, yeah. uh, and a card comes with it. So, so that, that, I read through that today, actually, and it, looked, it looks like a lot of fun. So. Cool. Cool. Can you get. Can you. Uh, tell me the high level since I, I haven't read it yet. Uh, yeah. Is it like you're trying to brew up some beer and hold off the enemies or what's the what's the narrative? Yeah, the premise is he's going to the eight points. He's hired your warband to help him out. And it has to be an order warband mm-hmm. because he's looking for, uh, I think it's either an ancient cache of a distillery, you know, that was there and, you know, before it became the eight points or um, he had some, you know, some colleagues that found an ancient shipment and they were flying and they're sh- in their uh, frigate crash was attacked by a creature. I think of this mm-hmm. uh, in its challenge battle. And um, so in this challenge battle, you have to fight off, you know, the war band, but also the creature uh, comes into play occasionally. And you're mm-hmm. just trying to help him retrieve the remnants of the of the distillery stash so that he can use that to reverse engineer the the spunded juice. Yeah, <laughs> there's like a beer run. Exactly, exactly. Beer run to the eight points. He's looking uh, for special like ingredients. Like beer run. Yeah. So Josh, you're a big uh, Caradron Overlords player. Have you picked up your commemorative uh, Joseph Bugmanson the 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 eleventh? I think. I did. I did. You did. Uh-huh. Have you have you painted him up? Where, where is he? Where is he sitting? Is he on your desk? He's in a special box with wrapping still on him. But yes. Yeah, no, but I I will have them assembled and put together, especially since we can use them in uh, Warcry special scenarios. But uh, but yeah, he's a he's a great looking model. Can use yeah, him as a, an admiral, you know, if nothing else or something else like that. So I'm gonna digress a little bit, um, but I am currently I think very warm on the Duradin at the moment. Mm-hmm. I I picked up a Grand Alliance Set, Sentinel Grand Alliance uh, Order, the Sentinels of Order book. Yeah. Uh, and I know I'm getting way ahead of myself, but I'm really excited about trying to put it together a Living City Warband. Yep. And I really want to make it like Duradin themed, because um, I think that's a cool, that's a little bit of a juke uh, based on that Warband. And I really want to do, they, people keep talking about like the Root Kings as this kind of throwaway line in a Josh Reynolds book oh, yeah. about Duradin that, that lived in the realm of uh, realm of life in Gyran. Um, so I'm thinking about conversions. I'm thinking about some of those old kits. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah is, uh, I also like dwarves right now. Awesome. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know if that digression was fun, but I, you know, it it dominated my thoughts for about a few hours today. 
Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, no, the Justron book, the Sphere of Shadows, they, they go to Gur. They discover an ancient, you know, a tree fortress, essentially a giant tree that's been hollowed out and was the fortress for some fire slayers that, that lived in the trees and, and shaped the wood into, you know, bridges and all sorts of cool things. It was a really, really neat vision. So, yeah, no, that'd be great. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. My idea is that it's going to be all uh, Sylvaneth. Or it, like Sylvaneth or counts as, uh, or like, you know, uh, Sylvaneth models that counts as something else in the Cities of Sigmar range and, and Duradin. Okay. Uh, and they don't have any elves because they consider elves oath breakers um, <laughs> because they fled Gairan. Um, but the dwarves didn't have any, like, so they, these are like dwarves that like moved from Azir during the, the Age of Sigmar and then settled in the, the, the living city. And kind of uh, like took up ownership and responsibility for the land, and like kind of have dual, um, dual uh, loyalty to the Ever Queen and to Grungi, Grungi and Sigmar, kind of the pan- they kind of are the pantheon, but they have a very special like affectionate relationship with the Ever Queen. Um, That's awesome. And so I'm thinking about a lot of like conversions to make the the old Duradin line, the old uh, dispossessed line. Uh, like more more earthy more like kind of in the ground i have a very i'm way off topic here and i apologize to our listeners uh (laughs) but i have a very uh ambitious conversion when i want to turn turn the gyrocopter into kind of like a flying seed uh to make it completely organic and it's got like kind of the the propellers off of like maple trees or oak trees i don't know what the propeller seeds are what they're from right into us listen um and like really like make it feel like an organic gyrocopter, uh, but I don't think I have the chops for it. But that's what I would like to do. <laughs> that's, it sounds really cool. Maybe I can commission somebody <laughs> to, to, to make that. Make it. I just like don't you know how to begin. Like the the, the gyrocopter is so mechanical. Yeah, I don't. But it's yeah. got a nice pod shape. It does. Where what are we talking about? What what section are we on? <laughs> Get us back on track, Josh. All right. Well, back on track talk about the circle of paint the tale of two warbands and although you gave us a nice update did you want to add anything about your progress and your circle of paint challenge yeah uh well i guess i don't yeah i don't have too much to add here i think i'm at my like bare minimum bar which was the thousand point warband that is done checked off the list i would definitely like to get a few more members painted Definitely get that Olgroid painted. Um, and then, like, I think I really want to get that terrain so I can kind of contextualize them in, mm-hmm. in some kind of, uh, like, physical space. Um, so that would be really cool. I kind of, my stretch goal is to add some slaves to darkness to the, to the group. And by that, I mean, um, like, start kit bashing my second half of the Signs of the Flame with more Slaves to Darkness uh, miniatures and kind of, like, right. swap between. And I really want to, like, try to express the idea of, like, going down the path to glory and damnation for chaos. Like, as they, you know, as they become more hardened and more aware of chaos, they become, they look start to look like more like the kind of the standard chaos warrior. And they become less of a, a violent cult and more of, like, a militarized force. Um that's the idea. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if I'm going to get there before our next two episodes, uh, <laughs> given everything else there. But maybe. Um, well, maybe. I think yeah. the easiest, the easiest on ramp is probably the Warhammer Underworld Slaves to Darkness Warband, but that's not coming out. I think until January. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we might have time, but yeah, depends. Yeah, it depends how much like you know extra overtime we give ourselves. <laughs> right. Exactly. 
<laughs> well, with that note, with my progress. So as I kind of alluded to, I um I had started it from scratch on the color scheme. I had seen some you know various paintings throughout the webs and tutorials, which uh, you know inspired me to go back to a color scheme I had been thinking about originally, but didn't want to paint my canine shadow stalkers too much like I had done my ad mech. And I was like, well, no, they're good colors. I'll go ahead and paint my shadow stalkers with similar colors. So so I used my airbrush to kind of give them a uh, the, the cloak cell more of a magenta color that fades into a purple blue and then to black at the ends where it kind of comes becomes shadows. And I, I like the, the transitions and I think it's looking well, it's looking like it's going to work out well. And uh, But I, now I need to start doing the rest of the base coats and then start moving on to the, the, the important things, the highlighting, the shading, and everything else. So I definitely need to make more progress on that. But I'm much more motivated now that it's looking closer to the vision I was having. So, so that's Great. good news. <laughs> um, are you are you doing like a test model or are you trying to like batch them all out at once right now? Yeah, I got my, my initial thousand points and I batched it all out with the with the airbrushing. So now I'll okay. move to a, a brush for the, the rest of the work. And I figured, yeah, we'll do all the, the airbrushing, make sure they all look consistent. And then yeah, now I can I can move to the brush and get the rest of the job done. Okay. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Have I asked you what you're thinking about for basic? I know you had some crackle paint on there last time I looked at them, but I didn't know where you're going to go since it sounds like the, the, the color scheme is going to be pretty dark. Are you going to go for like a lighter base? I haven't decided actually, you know, so I kind of went with a earthy cracked uh, basing, you know, to suggest that perhaps they're, they're in the catacombs in, in some of the more earthy cave system area. You know, one of the things I think, uh, like you and Eric do well, is you put a lot of more interest on your bases. And uh, some of mine have been fairly bland in the past. So I'm, I'm still trying to think of, okay, well, you know, do I make an interesting color, but what else can I add? You know, maybe some tufts of grass or maybe some additional details to, to break up the, you know, just the monotonous, um, you know, single layer. You know, there's, there's a little bit of variation in the yeah. crackle and, and other stuff, but... But, I, you know, I definitely want to go with multiple tones of color to kind of break it out and, and maybe echo a little bit of what's in the, the cloaks flowing around, but also maybe have it look darker on the edges like they're coming out of the shadow. But I've got to think about it a bit and maybe do a, a practice on the, the one I painted up originally. All good ideas. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I sometimes struggle with bases because they look different, especially when I'm testing them out, is because they look different after they have a model on top of them. Like, you're right. like, oh, like, I didn't need all of that. Like, a, a lot of that, like, work I did is, like, lost, right? Like, it's supposed to just be, in my mind, it's supposed to be, like, kind of framing. It's not supposed to be, like, its own diorama on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think I, looking at my science now, I probably could have gotten away with just having the stones and the, the dirt being one color. And okay. that would have been fine for, you know, it looked, it didn't look very good when it was just, like, I was just looking at the base by itself. But, like... Once I put the miniature on top and then a bunch of tufts and skulls, like that is enough variety. Like you don't, yeah. you don't need like, you know, kind of like a different tier system. Although I've seen like probably much more intricate stuff and that also works. So I don't know. <laughs> this isn't like a, That's this right. Like a, a, this isn't like talk to the expert show. This is enthusiastic uh, 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 idiots. <laughs> yeah, and we'll share. And if you guys have ideas out there, let us know. Yeah, hit us up. <laughs> We're always got room for improvements. <laughs> Season three is here, and we're excited to bring you more Dogs of Warcry. We'll be discussing new warbands, the Starter Box Catacombs, our ongoing games and narrative play, and keeping you up to date on our Circle of Paint challenge. 
Thank you for the encouragement, and we hope you enjoy this episode of Dogs of Warcry. Please share your ideas and feedback with us as we travel the eight points together. All right, our victory condition this episode is to discuss the Warcry Grand Alliance books, the new rules and content introduced, and share some examples with you. Additionally, we'll discuss our thoughts on how they affect the game and uh, share our enthusiasm for all the new additional content. All right, Paven, you want to get us started in the Grand Alliance books? Yes. So I thought we'd kick it off with kind of the uh, like the thread that's through all of them, which is it changes up uh, warband composition and comes at you with some new rules and new ways to build our warbands. I would say these are much more flexible and really exciting for the kind of combinations both narratively and tactically you can take. Yep. And so the biggest change is heroes and allies. Josh, do you want to give us a rundown for how those work? Definitely. And and one thing, the book the, the books do mention that this particular change does overrule what's introduced in, in uh, Monsters and Mercenaries, the allies section there. Essentially, the allies stays the same, but they've introduced a new category called heroes, where you can now take other models that have the leader rune mark and have them in your warband. So well, the... You were going to say? Sorry, can I take a step back? So yeah. I think before we get into talking about the leader room mark, we have to say that everything that was an ally before, almost everything that was an ally before, is now put within its corresponding faction and given the leader rune mark. So baseline, most warbands have many more leaders they can take. Pretty much all of the on-foot and medium cavalry hero models in Age of Sigmar can be taken in Warcry as the leader of your various warbands. So they all got this leader role mark added. Josh, you want to add some complexity on top of that now? Sorry for yes. the interruption. No, no. So, um, and, and to, to kind of clarify that a bit, the, the models you take as a hero or an ally, uh, they typically have to have, uh, the, the heroes have to have a leader wound mark. The ally has to have a leader wound mark and or the ally wound mark. You know, like the uh, the Orgroid, you know, uh, Thaumaturge, for example. Um, I don't know if it has a leader wound mark. But, uh, so those those work a little differently and we'll kind of cover that. But you can take, um, you know, for most of the warbands, you know, besides the eight chaos-specific warbands and any warbands introduced through Warcry only, for example, the Canite Shadowstalkers, they don't have any other leader models that they can be their leader in with the, with the same faction rune mark. So that's one limitation. So, but all the other warbands that are, you know, general Age of Sigmar warbands have multiple leader models that they can make their leader instead. Because you know they're fairly flexible and have a larger model range, mm-hmm. and uh, any of those models that you do take as a hero or an ally, whichever one is not your leader, they just don't have the leader wound mark for purposes of using abilities and stuff throughout the game. But it's just there for determining whether or not you can take them in your particular warband. For example, if you're playing Iron Golems and you have a Dominar, you can take a Thrallmaster as an ally because it doesn't have the leader, it doesn't have the faction mark, so it has to be an ally. And um, but if you're playing Slaves of Darkness, you could take a Chaos Lord as your leader, and then you could take a Sorcerer as a hero because the hero is similar to an ally, but it has the same faction wound mark, and they can carry artifacts of power and become favored warriors. Where allies can still have lesser artifacts and get destiny, just like heroes, but they can't have artifacts of power and they can't become favored warriors. So there's some subtle differences, but again, for you know, 
probably what 75% of the warbands, you can now have a wide range of leader models. And all of the warbands have a huge range of allies they can take, which is adds a lot of interesting storytelling. Yeah, and I don't know if we mentioned this explicitly, but there are a ton more models that are available in Warcry more. Pretty much like, I think I mentioned, like everything that isn't like on a giant monster has pretty much rules in Warcry and can be included either, you know, as in the faction as a hero where they kind of, they live. So, you know, mm-hmm. adding the Stormcast, Dracoline, Riders, uh, heroes to the, any, the, the Stormcast faction, or... Yeah as an ally in any of the other order factions. So yep. you can have, you know, uh, fire slayers with Idenf Deepkin allies, Idenf Deepkin with any of the cities of Sigmar heroes. Like there's a lot of combinations available. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. One other thing I want to add is they've added for almost all heroes um, or, uh, you know, uh, heroes, leaders slash allies, um, special abilities for them. Yep. So these were kind of things that were in the ally tables. They've now been added primarily to the faction tables. So you have, if your faction has, you know, uh, you know, it used to have like six faction abilities. For a lot of these uh, um, groups, they have the six faction abilities and then five different hero abilities. So depending if on that, if that specific hero is in your warband, you have access to this additional ability. Leaders, yeah. Well, it, it, you know, if they're a hero, they also have access to that ability. Correct. Uh, but, but it's, it's called the leader ability table. That's why I just wanted to specify. Yeah. It's very yeah. confusing because they're not actually <laughs> leader except when thinking about the abilities. Right. Um, exactly. <laughs> they're, they're not, they're not a leader. They're, your, your leader counts as far as victory conditions and they have to be on the board. Um, but they still have the rune mark in cases where they get to use their, their signature ability. Correct. The uh, the other change they had is in terms of how many allies or heroes you can take. Yes. Um, you know, for open play and match play, you can have one in your warband. And for narrative play, you can have up to three. You get one per two dominated territories. So you have to have at least two before you get the first one. Yeah. So they did revise that before you could take up to six. It was one per dominated territory. So, yeah, which is a lot of which is a lot of heroes to pack into your in yeah your yeah yeah because you still got to pay the yeah. points and their price. <laughs> so yeah, I like I like it a lot. I like these changes. There's a lot of um, great models that you have access to. There's a lot of big models like uh, like I'm gonna call it the Carcadrac, the Kalthona yeah. Carcadrac. That's like a yeah. huge beast. And uh, also the um, Achillean King you can take, which is like you know the oh. main mounted hero for. The Iden of Deepkin. So there's some there's some BB boys that have action in Warcry. Yeah, um, uh, I yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Blood Knights and and uh, and for the Free Guild, there's the uh, trying to remember the name of those Griffin Knights. Demogriff Knights. Demogriff Knights. Yeah. So yeah. I mean they're yeah they're huge, but you know so now you can take you know mounted forces. Add a lot of more interesting warbands. That's for sure. <laughs> Is there are there any interesting allies or new new allies that you want to call out here? I didn't have any specific examples. I was just uh, amazed by the the sheer variety of choices you have now. I, I think the you know some of the things that came piqued my interest right away is that now you can have vampires in, in your death forces as, as allies or oh, leaders, great. depending. And I know a lot of people were wanting that before, so now you can have up to three different vampire choices. So you know people can make those vampirates if they want. 
<laughs> Make your own vampire. <laughs> uh, so great. It's like the old lesser vampires that used to lead the old war, uh, Mordheim war band. Exactly. exactly. like that a lot. Um, wait, what three vampire models do we have access to? Um, I, I think I actually covered that a little bit later. Oh, but... don't tell me. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. <laughs> we should mention listeners, and I don't think we have a very organized trail of thought here, but, you know, we're doing our best. Is that um, we got our we got our review copies of the Grand Alliance books. Thank you, Games Workshop. We're happy to read them because we like it a lot. Uh, and we split them down the middle. So I took Chaos and Destruction, and Josh took Order and Death. So I don't really know what is in the Order and Death book. Actually, I know it's in the Order book, uh, book because I picked that up myself. But so we're going to split it up that way, though. And so we'll each be calling out and being uh, kind of uh, your insight into these specific books. Right. I did want to call out uh, one interesting set of allies, and that is the Gabapalooza. The Gabapalooza, they actually did something cool with. They they made them all both back in faction for Gloomspite Gets, but not leaders. Hmm. So they are just regular old warband models in Gloomsight Bits, uh, but they do have the ally rune mark, so any other destruction force can take them as an ally. That's awesome. Um, So, you know, because I I imagine the concern was if you can't have six allies anymore, you can't take the full Gobblepalooza in your your, uh, Gloomsight Warband, which would have been a tragedy. Don't worry, uh, Gets players, you can still take the full Gobblepalooza and then three more allies on top of that. Uh, well, a leader, uh, yeah, and then a leader, and then three more allies. So you can really have a the council of the wise get as your war band. Right. <laughs> Take them for a challenge battle. It sounds perfect, right? <laughs> yeah, I think they do. They do. Those models feature in a couple challenge battles, but we'll get yeah. to that. So one other thing before we leave the heroes and allies section. Uh, there's been some discussion <laughs> on our Discord channel in the Warcry about mm-hmm. how leader abilities work because um if for example if you're stormcast player and you take a daughters of cain um ally model you know the questions kind of came up on well they're they're not faction does the daughters of cain model use their own faction specific abilities and you know rereading the books and looking at everything it looks like yes you would there's no reason you know you've got the faction wound marks and they're from that faction they've got the faction mark you would use abilities specific to that particular ally, you know, during the course of your games. So yeah, uh, it'll it'll be interesting if we get a fact or anything to discuss that a little bit more. But I think at this point in time, I think that's how it's intended to be to work. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think yeah the the rune marks make it I think pretty clear that like oh you still retain all your rune marks even if right. you're taken as an ally. You don't gain right. any new ones. You don't lose any old ones. So you can take so like heroes generally you get to they can use like the whatever the general ability that their faction has they'll have access to that one whether it's I don't know, you know some uh, spirit song for the sylvaneth uh, and then they'll have their hero ability not all heroes have abilities but they'll have their heroes so you have access to two kind of new abilities by taking the hero yeah um where i think the the really where, where i think people are going to be able to break the game is so you're not going to be able to like give other you know models new abilities but there are a lot of aura abilities that folks will now have access to that are um, you can take this fighter and now you can, you're able to get plus one attack in an aura. And I imagine there's some opportunities to stack those for I, you know, I'm sure there's like a monster shooting list where you can just stack plus one attack in a range and you can put that on, on, on 
war fighters that weren't balanced to be able to have plus one attack at range. Um, so I bet there's really cool, exciting, competitive stuff to do. Not really my <laughs> jam, but I imagine it's out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll probably see. They maybe that's probably why they limited to one for match play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder. I wonder what the go-to is going to be because there's uh there's definitely some good ones out there. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I think narratively you kind of control yourself in general, but yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see what people come up with. <laughs> Okay. Now with that, I think we'll, we'll move into the monsters and thralls section. And Paven, do you want to tell us what may or may not have changed here? Um, I don't think almost. You know, you tell me, but I, I don't think anything's changed as far as the rules here. But we do have new and exciting monsters and thralls for our mm-hmm. faction. Yeah. Um. So the only well, the only new not all grand alliances have thralls and new monsters. Um. So destruction um does have a new thrall. Uh, it is trolls. So all destruction factions can start taking trolls as a thrall on their list. And if you remember, thralls, um, they take up a spot in your roster. You pay, you pay points for them, but they don't, um, I don't think they, (laughs) I don't know. I've never used thralls before. I don't think they get destiny. Um, I think they can still get injured, but they're kind of like, you know, they're, they're, they're beasts. Yep. Um, And and they don't come against your max, your warband number either. mm -hmm. So. And you can take one per dominated territory. So trolls are in. Trolls are in for all destruction factions. I think that's great. Trolls are cool. I know Agents of Chaos didn't have any new thralls. They still, they continue to have like six or seven. Yeah. Um, They still have a good amount. Did Death get any thralls? Yes. Yeah. Death actually got three thralls to pull from. Bat Swarms, Dire Wolves, and Fell Bats. And they, uh, they have some fun abilities to use as well. And, you know, I think the only... Uh, Grand Alliance Order does not have thralls just because it's kind of against their uh, premise. Although you think, you know, Daughters of Cain, perhaps they would probably have <laughs> some, some thralls. But yeah, uh, but yeah so the, it is really interesting that Death got their own thralls and uh, they're very thematic and, and fairly quick, too. So I think that'll help alleviate, you know, like Legions of Nagash can be a little bit slow. Well, now you've got these thralls that are much faster. But yeah, in terms of, uh, yeah, no other new thralls besides those. And I think only one new monster, right, Paven? No, there's a couple new monsters. So for destruction, I guess we can just talk about all the monsters because there's not that many. Uh, instead okay. of like picking out one or two. For destruction, we have Ale Guzzler Gargants and the Dankhold Trogoth. Oh, uh, nice. Are both new monsters that uh, destruction factions can take advantage of. For chaos, you got uh, the Slaughter Brute, and then the other part of the that kit is the. Oh my God! It's the vort. It's the mutilus vortex beast. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think those are cool. Yeah, cool monsters. Yeah, let's do it. I'm on board. Yeah, yeah, that was, about... yeah that's right. I forgot we got the mutilus vortex beast now for chaos. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, order didn't get any new monsters. Um, you know, they just have the the same two: the Charybdis oh, oh. Car- and the Hydra. Yeah. So yeah. and Death just has the uh, the Terrorgeist and Zombie Dragon. So. I wonder if they just they were going to add some more and then they just ran out of pages in the the Grand Alliance order book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I guess we'll it, see if they introduce some, you know, down the road or not. It's, yeah, it's it's a really big book. It's the biggest one of all of them. It probably yeah. adds like I don't know, 60 fighters or something. Yeah, yeah well, quite a That's bit. That's too yeah. many. That's too many. But the Cities of Sigmar section is massive. It, yeah, it's it's huge. Yeah. It's like five <laughs> pages. It's like yeah, you get real sort of thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so it's a lot of uh, interesting content there to explore in terms of the new thralls, especially for death, I think. Now, the trolls are going to be vicious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I um, don't have any trolls, despite all my destruction forces, but uh, maybe maybe it's time to break down and get some. Okay, oh, man, I, might, I, I might have some spare trolls if you need them. Spare so. trolls? Where did yeah. you get up? Where'd you have all these trolls from? Uh, I have a friend that got out of the hobby like 10 years okay. ago, and he dumped all his orcs and goblins and Eldar and lots of stuff on me. So I have I have a lot of, I've got a bunch of spare orcs, goblins, and there might be some troll bits in there, goblin riders and other stuff. So. All right. Maybe, maybe I'll hit you up some bits later. Yeah, exactly. Let's talk about warbands. Excellent. Okay, so why don't you start with Chaos? Yes. Yeah, all the Chaos warbands got updated. Uh, well, I mean, the, the ones that, are, that were released as part of Warcry actually got the least amount of changes. So these books, like, I think, primarily collect uh, the Age of Sigmar-related factions and like expand them. Of course, the Chaos-aligned warbands can take advantage of all these new allies they can that are available right um, you know I'm, I'm off topic here but so i want to talk about the slaves to darkness because there are a couple of really cool things that got added to the slaves to darkness the first i want to call out um you know this isn't really a tactic show but the chaos lord on foot seems bonkers on paper i don't think i've ever seen like a, a character like this he has five attacks with range two strength five damage three six that's pretty um, good yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty good. He's only got movement four, uh, so that's, you know, that slows him down, but like, oh my god, five attacks, strength five, three, six. My brazen champion, who we remember a few, oh yeah, a few, a few episodes ago, <laughs> had a similar profile, but only had two attacks, or only had three attacks. And so just plus two attacks on that, like, incredibly strong damage profile is, uh, is really good. It's really good. He's gonna be one-shotting most things. Yeah, how many points is he? He is. It wasn't like off the charts. Let me let me like get out my book yeah. and slowly flip through yeah, it. Yeah, no, I noticed a lot of it because I was curious about a lot of the mounted models too, and they're not ridiculous. They're like you know 185, maybe like 200. So none of them are super high, which I, I wasn't sure about. Yeah, Warcry does a pretty good job of like kind of bringing everything within a similar band, mm-hmm. um, so you don't have the the same like hot like kind of like extremely tough models. That you do in like Age of Sigmar, like everything's kind of like around it. He's uh, only two hundred and fifty-five points. Okay, yeah, that's not that's not out of the round. Uh, toughness five, twenty-eight wounds. I think he's got some pretty good abilities where he can. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, he's got a triple good. where uh, if you take it, take down an enemy by attack, they can make a. They get, <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he has access to this triple, which is Champion of Darkness, which is a fighter can use his ability only if an enemy fighter has been taken down by attack made by them this activation. He's going to be able to do it. He's got a killer profile. And then right. you get a bonus move action and a bonus attack action. So you get Rampage Ooh. on a triple, right. and you just kill a model. Yeah. So I think it's very nice. But actually, all <laughs> of the cast, the Slaves of Darkness heroes have that model. So yeah, yeah. Uh, other things I want to call out for Slaves to Darkness is you got Varengard can be a leader, hero, ally. So the Varengard of, uh, of the, you know, the Bloodwind Spoil... Yeah, we got rules for them. They can play them. They can be in your warband. Right. Not as bonkers as challenge battles, Varengard. Which is good. Uh, so they brought him in line, made him like <laughs> reasonable. I think he was like six attacks and then five ten damage profile. Um, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, beefy in the challenge. Is, yeah, uh, so he's more in line. Three hundred and ten points. You know, still very good. Four attacks, three five damage. Still very strong. Thirty-five wounds, so a really great leader. Maybe like a disgraced Varengard that's having to like scum it up with the 
Sleeves to Darkness <laughs> Warband. Or put um, him back into shape. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, you know, these are like, well, some of these characters, like Chaos Lords, are supposed to be leading, like, huge battle hosts. And so I always have to come up with a reason in my mind why they're, like, part of, like, a small ragtag warband. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, like, down on their luck, or they, you know, they're on a secret mission or something. Right. Other guys I want to call out for Slaves to Darkness is the Chaos Lord on Karkadrak. Just that, that huge monster can be a hero <laughs> or a leader. It's got a pretty good profile, lots of big bucket of wounds. Oh, yeah. And all of the Chaos Knights. You can take the Chaos Knights. You can take the Champion as a leader. Um, and you can take the regular Knights as regular Knights. Um, so everything from that Slaves to Darkness Start Collecting box is playable in Warcry. And I think that's very cool. Yeah. I remember right. uh, talking to, right after all the cards came out for all the new Warbands, uh, talking to a player who thought it was like pretty disappointed that, you know, all these new models that uh, Slaves to Darkness just got weren't actually playable in Warcry. Mm-hmm. So now we've, uh, I guess, corrected that. Yep, yep. Almost, almost one year later, and uh, now we got them. <laughs> yeah, so, it seems like good. the switch, and they're just like, yeah, you play with everything. <laughs> we're not, we're not, we're not gatekeeping this game anymore. Right. Cool. So that's it. That's all I wanted to say about the Slaves to Darkness. Probably my next. If, if I think if I had access to this many models when I was selecting my Chaos War band, I wanted to play. I probably would have gone Slaves to Darkness. Sure. Uh, yep. That makes sense. But I'm super happy with my science of the flame. I don't regret it. I think the science are great models. But these these guys are next. These guys are next someday. Uh-huh. <laughs> Especially with the kit bashing you got to do. That'd be some great oh, opportunity. Oh, my God. Infinite projects. Yeah. All right. D- take me away, Josh. What do you, you want to talk about an order warband? So order, I, you know, I think I have to talk about Cities of Sigmar. Because yeah, oh, they definitely good. added the most... Warband content and flexibility in this category. You know, we all got a snapshot in the White Dwarf for Hammer Hall, but now they've introduced the rest of them. And I'll just list them off real quickly. There's Hammer Hall, the Living City, Greywater Fastness, the Phoenicium, Anvil Guard, Hallowheart, and Tempest's Eye. And they've done something that's really clever, where they've allowed the entire model range for all of the cities of Sigmar. You can pick and choose whatever you want for each, you know, city. There's a specific fighter list of abilities, and then there's a specific leader list of abilities, you know, with their own root marks for that particular city. And so you can pick models from wherever you want, whatever, you know, dwarves or elves or mix them, and then just say they're all from the city and use those abilities throughout the battle. So obviously the root marks will limit which abilities you can use. So you may want to be careful about choosing models to, to fit the root marks and the abilities that you'd like to use in your warband. But an infinite range of possibilities. You've got flagellants and priests to, you know, all of the the wood elf range, the dark elf range, the dwarves. It's amazing. You know, all the free guild models, like I said, the demigriff knights, it, yeah, really have a, a unique range of, uh, of options. I don't think there's a, a witch hunter specific leader, but I, you know, I definitely think you could make one of the free guild or mage characters, you know, to be your witch hunter party. You know, from the Order of Azir, running around the, the eight points if you wanted to. Pretty exciting stuff to go for. Yeah. Uh, yeah, very excited for Cities of Sigmar always. I think I'm going to try to make my Living City dreams a reality. And, like, if there's any models that you have that you that don't perfectly line up to a, to a, a model that GW sells, mm-hmm. um, you can find a, such a close approximate, because you have, like, all of these different weapons, you have all of these different uh races and different combinations and like i was looking at dwarven quarrelers which could correspond totally fine to the other dwarven ranged unit yeah uh, use those rules 
Yeah. So, so yeah, it's really great. And you called it. Didn't you think they were going to do all the cities of Sigmar? And I was like, nah, they're not going to do them all. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, uh, didn't, you I didn't were right. really do it like this. It's good, though. Yeah. I figured they had to. They, you know, they introduced one. They probably had to do the rest. Yeah. But, and they uh, it's super extendable. Like, if you want to, like, come up with a new uh, Har Karan uh, list. Right. Uh, you can just you just need to release the the abilities. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Because they have the sorceress, they have the dark elf models. So yeah, like you said, you would yeah. just have to come up with a new list of abilities that might be a little bit more unique, and run with it. Yeah, and uh, a lot of the in, in Age of Sigmar, a lot of the cities have um, specific allies they can take, not as allies, but as like you know, every fourth unit can be Caradron overlords. Every fourth unit can be. Uh, Sylvaneth for the living city, or every fourth unit can be Stormcast. I think all the share, all the cities share that one, one, one out of four can be Stormcast, and you can still replicate that kind of system with allies. Yep. So, like for my living city army, which I just it lives it as a twinkle in my eye, um, <laughs> I'm going to take one Stormcast ally, either the Hallowed Knights or the Gyran Guard, both of which have Storm Keeps in the living city, and then one Sylvaneth ally. Um, so I have like kind of those additional factions to round out the uh, Viridian Guard, which is the right. which is the the group of defenders of um, the Living City. Sorry, I think yeah, this is right. Anything you want to add? Yeah, no, I think you know, there's so many unique possibilities. You know, and kind of going back to what you said for match play, you could have some ridiculous combinations. <laughs> I think with the you know cities yeah. of Sigmar and, and an ally. You know, for example, there's a Kahadran leader ability called Fight for Profit, where if uh, your leader can use a triple and it gives everybody within six inches plus one attack, and then that's ranged attack or melee, it doesn't matter, just plus one attack. And if they're within three inches of an objective, it's plus two attack. And so if you think about all the additional range options, you know, like if you take a whole bunch of the Wood Elves or, you know, and you add this, you know, this, this model to your Warband and use that ability, you've got range and extra attacks with range you know so like you said there's a lot of combinations you can do but a lot of flavor you can add just to make it unique storytelling wise so. yeah there's there's definitely a version where you take like that one to give the plus one attack and then you take the raptor with the long strike crossbow that just has the one <laughs> attack that does a ton of damage right and then so you right. add like you just is a multiplier there and then there's a marksman in cities of sigmar that's similar uh that yep. has the one high damage attack yeah, and Gravewater like Fastness, rifle, you, get a free, yeah. you get a free attack. You can get a, a for a double. You can get an additional attack on a ranged attack action on a ranged fighter. So you can be taking like three attack actions, each with two attacks. I don't know. I, I, I'm sure there's a broken way of doing it. Uh, maybe it's not so bad. Maybe you maybe that in that in that in that game you draw the knight scenario where you can't you can't see <laughs> right exactly. Yeah, and that's the thing. Is you, the can't, justice, you can't rely too heavily on a combo because. Yeah, the twists will get you. <laughs> of course, the catacombs changes things a lot because there are a lot more walls to you know to get around and hide from. Yeah, there, so. and there's also you can use that uh, what is it that double to hide in the shadows. So if there's anybody yep. you really want to protect, you can just hide them. Yeah. Okay. So now, maybe, um, the, maybe the the super OP combo is something else then. <laughs> True. Tell us what it is. Write in doctorworkidgmail.com. <laughs> so for uh, destruction. Which uh, warband would you like to cover? I would like to stay on brand and cover the Gloomstite Gifts. Because I think yep. it's really cool that you can take everything from the Spider Fang model range as a warband. Yeah. Um, so it's something that wasn't available before, but you uh, 
now can take spider riders and they're, they're a cavalry. You can take the scuttle bus, which is the spider fang hero on giant spider. And you can even take the little web spinner shaman, which is the small magic user that comes with the Arachnorok kit. And guess yeah. what? You can already take the Arachnorok spider as that it's a monster. And we've yeah. had that one for a while. So like all of it from the like lowly spider rider to the, the, the large monster kit is available <laughs> in a, in a spider rider war band. Uh, yeah. So I think that that's just really fun. And, you know, you can still take your you can add, supplement it with additional gloom spike gets the spiker, which I think which is like the Gobblepalooza character that has like six legs and like seven eyes. That's like halfway turning into a spider. <laughs> um, yeah, take that guy as well. Right. So I think that could be that could be a really cool project. I think Paul's in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, get on it. You put some and especially since he's part. got that converted giant already you know the spider yeah, king spider king it all works <laughs> all right cool all right so for death um i was going to cover uh, a couple of different you know just a, a brief mention that the flesh eater courts talks about lord splinterbone which who's a you know a flesh eater court character that we talked about in our last episode that's got a challenge battle and a quest related to him they kind of flush him out a little bit here which is really interesting and uh, they talk about how his flesh eater courts in you know in the eight points in the Bloodwind spoils are kind of uh, distancing themselves from a Nagash. They don't like to be. They don't want to be under his control. And they have this kind of an arrangement of neutrality in the eight points. And now that the death has invaded the eight points, uh, they're concerned that uh, you know that could shift the balance in the Bloodwind spoil. Yeah, so I thought that was really cool that they're continuing oh, sure. to develop that story. Can you, but, do they talk about, you know, because the Flesh Eater Courts is big of on delusion. So yes. they have like a kind of a delusion that comes from the the ghoul king. Yes. How does that delusion play into like their relationship with the gash and their relationship to chaos? Well, they said, um, you know, they, they kind of talk about, well, all the Flesh Eater Courts are a little different since they're not actually dead. You know, they're, they, you know, but the gosh has claimed them. Some of them worship Nagash as a benevolent deity, some as a wrathful god, and others, you know, just kind of try to distance themselves from him, you know, or, or, or don't, you know, maybe just pay homage to him, but don't worship him per se. And, and yeah, apparently Lord Splinterbone is, is one of the many flesh eater courts that have decided that they don't want anything to do with Nagash because they don't want to be controlled. And, you know, so they've migrated, you know, in their madness and, and set up their own courts elsewhere. Yeah, but apparently they'll, you know, they'll battle against anybody who comes in their terrain, their territory, but they don't necessarily go out of their way to attack people. So a lot of the chaos factions have just left them alone for now. But uh, they are worried that now that death is an issue, that chaos might start hunting more flesh eaters. So so they have like some idea that they're related to death, but they don't they don't they don't they don't know they're cannibals, right? No, right, exactly. They don't know they're cannibals, but yeah, they do. So they know. think they're just like, oh, we're just you know an edgy like death worshipping ish humans, regular humans that are in the eight points and are just trying to get up, get by. Yeah, yeah, they don't go into that much detail. About, okay, you know, okay, but yeah, <laughs> so they kind of yeah, leave it up curious. to you to just create that particular part of the story. <laughs> the, but the war band I did want to talk a little bit more about was the legions of Nagash. Because, um, you know, while they do add a lot of choices for all of the Death War bands, this is the one where they add vampires, the, the vampire lord, the castellan, 
and the Vargoyle. And uh, Castellan looks like it's a Blood Knight champion or something like that. And the Vargoyle is the more devolved, feral vampire type. And so all of these can be leaders for your, your Legions of Nagash warband. And they added a ton of different model options. So you can take Blood Knights, you can take Black Knights and you know their associated leaders. You could take a Vargeist, you could take zombies, you know, and, and two different whites. You know, there used to be a white lord that you could only take as an ally, and now you can be your leader. So a lot of options there, and a lot more mobility has been added to that particular warband. So looks really interesting. I'm just looking at the uh, vampire models on the GW website. So you said vampire lord, and then like the blood knight Castellan, yeah, which is like the vampire lord that's like drinking blood off his sword. Yeah, they they show a really small picture in the in the Warcry yeah. book. So, but it looks like he he's got a high speed. So I assume he's mounted. Oh, like the he's, Blood Knight the, champ. he's the champion of the Blood Knights. Yep. yep. Got it. Okay. And then you have the Vargeist. Uh, yeah, the Vargoyle is the vampire Vargoyle. leader. He looks like a feral vampire, but. Uh, okay. Cool. 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 Yeah, I know a lot of yeah amazing amount of options for all the Age of Sigmar armies for sure. All right, with that, let's hop into Faded Quests. All of these books introduce four for for specific Faded Quests for their particular Grand Alliance. Uh, what would you like to start with, Paven? Well, I first want to talk about like where they fit into the experience. And so these Faded Quests are, um, you can only take them, unlike other Faded Quests, you can only take them if you're part of that Grand Alliance. Yep. And they really fill the gap for... You know, I want to start playing narrative war cry and I want to go on a quest. You have your Grand Alliance book. Now you can choose any of the faded quests to go on and it should be thematic for your faction. So yeah, I think that's a great, I think it's a great experience. I don't know if we talked about these books overall and like where they fit in the, the war cry product line. Maybe we can talk about that later. Maybe we yeah. have a listener question about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we all, we picked one faded quest from each book, uh, just to talk about that we thought was especially cool. And I'll I'll kick it off here because I'm in the notes next. I for chaos I picked the quest fit for a king, and in this quest I'm going to paraphrase it. You are seeking a demon touched master craftsman, and you are, want his power. And it, it it does talk about how most of chaos is about ruining things and making it terrible, but there are some that you know care about creating things, even though the things they create are also horrible things. <laughs> um, so you're seeking one of these creators, these cast creators. And what's cool about it is I was like a good quest. And in this quest, you need to bring this forge master. Uh, one, you need some Varanite. Got to get that Varanite. Uh, very important. Uh, see, see our, our old friend, the Realmstone of the Eight Points brought up again. And then two, uh, you need to bring the heart of an ally. <laughs> you need to find an ally and then cut out his heart. Classic chaos, uh, cannibalizing in itself. And what was also cool about this is that the demon touched master craftsman is actually a chaos Duradin known as the Bullfather. Um, and he has a giant like bull statue in his chamber. They say he is like he is more than mortal now. He is touched by demons. He when he talks, sparks go out of his mouth. But at the end of the quest, he is willing to forge you a magical item. So I think that's really cool. Um, yeah. And it really like it's a very like classically old school chaos dwarf aesthetic they're calling here. And like Warcry talks about Chaos Dwarves a lot it does. Um, for like having two or three models that are actually Chaos Dwarves. And so I'm wondering mm-hmm. if there's always more, more in the, more in the tank here. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was really cool. I like the, I like the Bullfather. 
Yeah, that's a great yeah mix of different, uh, like you said, very chaos-specific actions to take. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the Order one I chose, I, I, I chose because it was a very interesting quest because it introduces a moral conundrum. It's called A Comrade in Need. It starts out, uh, you know, you're an Order war band of some sort, and you fought with some chaos cultists that ambushed you. And they took one of your members, your you know close ally that you fought alongside for a very long time. And so your your quest takes you along a series of different places where you're you're trying to figure out where this cult is and rescue your ally. And you get towards the end, you're battling the cultists in uh, you know in their lair, and your ally is held captive. And the chaos worshippers cast a you know they, they're summoning something, and you can see these magical effects around your your ally. Something's happening to him, but you kill the cultists in time. And it stops. And so at the end of the quest, you're left with the choice of, okay, is he still my ally? Or has he been corrupted and I don't know? And you have to choose <laughs> whether you think he's corrupted or whether he's still safe. And then based on that, you know, it just, you know, honor or glory, you choose. Does he live or does he die? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's really interesting. You know, so it's like, okay, well, what do you think happened? You know, do you, do you trust him? <laughs> do you not? And, you know, so, and, and, you know, maybe the rewards kind of give you a hint of anything actually happened or not, but it's hard to tell. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, the the order quests definitely have a di- much different feel than all the other quests. Yeah. yeah. They're like, ah, save the day, the quest, <laughs> as opposed to, like, terrible choices and, and horrible selfishness. Right. <laughs> Well, the destruction ones aren't, uh, you know, aren't too selfish or horrible. So yeah, well, they have a lighter, certainly a lighter tone, but they still are pretty, pretty mean. But uh, speaking of bad choices, I chose uh, for my quest, my destruction quest, a long night in Karngrad, uh, where Karngrad, excuse me. And this is your quest, your destruction warband wakes up in Karngrad, uh, doesn't know what happened the night before. The last thing they remember was a brewgit telling them to drink the fungus broth. So this is pretty much hangover the faded quest. <laughs> <laughs> where you, you you know wake up you don't know where you are you don't remember what happened last night and you have to like fight your way out of Karngrad because you're like you're you're you know an, an orc warband and you're in the middle of like a chaos encampment and so all <laughs> of your quests are like fighting yourself free running across steps, getting the hijinks and punch em ups yeah and it's just it's just like a fun you know kind of classically uh, destruction a little less serious a little more tongue in cheek but pretty pretty rambunctious of a quest and so I thought that one was fun. That is fun. Yeah. Yeah. So Death had a couple of interesting ones I wanted to talk about, but I, I chose one that's related to vampires because it's a newer unit remodel that they've added. But I did want to mention that there, there's one, and I don't recall the name, but it has to do with you investigating what's happening to bone tithes. And I, I just thought it was interesting because a lot of the quests, you know, there's there's at least one faded quest or one challenge battle in, in the two books that I whipped through that are associated with the current events going on in the eight points that we've talked about, you know, so obviously the Ossiarch Bone Reapers have invaded, you know, and Nighthaunt were there as well. And uh, so these, you know, faction specific quests have to do with some of that storyline that's ongoing. I think it's nice how they kind of tied that together and brought it on to speed with current events. But uh, the one faded quest I did want to talk about was called Blooded Talons. And you're a death war band and you found out that Neferetta has you know has a vampire who's been acting as a lieutenant to one of the talons in Karngrad, but this vampire has been discovered, and so you have to go and finish off the vampire so it can't share any information if it's captured by, you know, the, the talons or any other chaos warband. So this, 
it's interesting because it, it points to oh yes you know death has got vampires neferetas pulling strings even in the eight points which is kind of fun you know i thought you could definitely design a war band around that where perhaps you're spreading the cult of nagash and in, 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 in the eight points in in karngrad or other locations but uh yeah, the quest is interesting because you got to chase this vampire around you know the city and when you finally find it, you have to decide what to do with it. And, uh, you know, that choice can be, you know, kill it or not, you know, as, as they often are. And, and the subsequent, uh, the rewards, you know, do you appease Neferata or do you, you know, save yeah. the vampire or if, <laughs> yeah. where do your loyalties lie? Very cool. I'm glad the, the vampires are getting more, uh, playtime here. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's cool for sure. Excellent. Well, I, I think this is probably a good point. You know, we're kind of in mid mid section before we hop into challenge battles to talk about how these books kind of fit into everything. You know, I think there's some associated listener questions, but not really specifically yeah. about you know what how the books fit. So take it away. Share with us what you were thinking earlier. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. So like, where? So what? What are the point of these books? And I think the the point of these books is to be on the easiest on ramp for new players and existing Age of Sigmar players to get into Warcry, and be close to like everything you need to play your faction. Um, and so what you get is you get all the if you have an Age of Sigmar army, um, let's say it is Zinch Arcanites. You have all the rules to play your warband, like all of your abilities, all your fighter claws here. And you also have all of the allies you can possibly add to your army. So all of the other factions, all of the thralls, all of the monsters, you have them all in the same book. And in addition to that, you also have kind of the narrative stuff, which is the name generators, as well as the quests and challenge battles. So you have things you can do and accomplish with your warband. So it's all the information specific to your warband you want to use. And I think that's great for you had to buy like a couple of products to get the same uh, depth of information. Like you needed your cards. If you wanted monsters and mercenaries, you had to buy that publication. If you wanted specific quests, you had to buy monsters and mercenaries or a different publication. You know, if you got lucky, you could do you could use the core book. But uh, you know, most other factions they didn't have access. They didn't have quests in the core book. So I think it actually cuts down on the things you need to buy to jump into the game and expands your access to your toys early in the game. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the problems it's trying to solve, I think these books solve well, and they give us a ton more Warcry content for those of us who really like all of it and want to like hear all the quests and want to play multiple factions and want to see kind of the breadth of experience. They really deliver there. Yep. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think uh, the, you know, we talk about, or at least I talk about this a lot. I think it's the perfect point where now you can play with whichever warband you want anywhere you want so now you want to tell the story like we talked about in hard quran maybe you're playing that rebellion now you can make a war band you know you've got all your models all your choices you can reenact that in, in a smaller scale and skirmish scale so i think that's a that's a lot of fun it's really exciting you know i think with some of the new campaign stuff coming out in, in tome of champions you know 2020 then you know you can create other similar campaigns set in other places and pick up an interesting war band that will fit right in in that particular area so Really exciting stuff. Excellent. All right. So thank you for sharing that, Pavent. I think we'll jump You're into welcome. challenge battles next. And and one interesting thing I thought in these books is it looked like almost all of the challenge battles at least start at 12, uh, 1,250 points or 1,500 points as the uh, challenger or the uh, you know, uh, attacker. 
And so a little bit higher, I think, overall than in some of the other books. Sometimes you'd be at 1,000. Sometimes it'd be up to 1,500, I think, for the Varengard Challenge Battle. But these all start a little higher than the previous ones did. Is that what you experienced in the chaos? And, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm opening the book now and, <laughs> uh, and just checking those. For the monster ones, those are the same. Those are three times the points value of the monster. So those, right. I think, are a little low. But yeah, the other ones look at, yeah. I think it makes it a lot more difficult for Trial of Champions players who need to get their roster up really high. They need yeah. to pay the points to get their roster up, even though in most games they actually won't be able to use all these fighters. That's true. Uh, but I think it's fun. I think that, I think that is fun, like having to build up your forces in order to take on tough challenges is a very kind of classical RPG element. And so I think that's great. Yeah. I want to play these. Yeah. And speaking of the ones I want to play, can I talk about my first Chaos Challenge battle? Yes. Okay. My first, uh, yeah, my, or I guess my only Chaos Challenge battle since we're doing one per faction. And this one's Blades in the Darkness. And I think this is one we can play pretty quick as well as soon as we uh, play games. And so this one is, um, you have a, your, your Chaos Warband and your legend has spread far enough that you've caught the eye of the High Oracle of Kamarathi. And she has sent assassins out to kill your leader. And the way this works is your challenger, the challenger is your, you, you use your chaos warband as normal, 1250 points, and your, your adversary is Canaanite Shadowstalkers. And what's cool about this challenge battle is that it has a special hidden killers, uh, rule where the, instead of like deploying his regular models on the field, you set up 18 counters, six for each battle group, and you move those around, and your and the adversary moves those around the battlefield. So huh. you don't know where the, the shadow stalkers <laughs> are, um, and like there could be feints. It's just like they're moving in the shadows. You know, some of them there there's going to be nothing. And then the shadow stalker player, once like a specific uh, situation happens, you can start to reveal what is in each spot. And so like your counter gets revealed as follows: if it's the target of an ability or action, or it's within six inches of an enemy fire. Or just whenever you want, you can reveal you can reveal the the counter. That's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, the the it's the assassinate rule. So the the shadow stalkers are just trying to kill the the chaos lord. Um, that's the victory condition. And uh, the twist is dead at night. So it's also like it's atmospheric. It's dark, and then they're they're coming out of the shadows to get you. And you can't shoot them with range because it's the the twist one where you can't shoot people from far away. <laughs> um, so I really like that one. That one seems really a uh, really fun, and it's not too crazy. Like we don't. And we're not going to have to, like, paint up anything new. We can just use all the models we have. Yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah the hidden mechanic is really neat. I like that. Well, so the one for order I picked, because uh, it's associated with the Cahadran Overlords, um, I thought it was fun. It's called No Dwarden Left Behind. And it's a little similar to the one that um, came out in Trial of Champions, or not Trial of Champions, in the Tome of Champions 2019, with, when it introduced KO, it uh, introduced a, a challenge battle or their quest where you have to retrieve this artifact that was lost because the, the KO like to head to the eight points and try out their experimental weaponry there. It's just lots of targets. So um, this is another a case this, in this challenge battle where you are you found you know an experimental weapon, a device that uh, you know the person died or the ship crash landed or something, and you're trying to retrieve it. The, the most interesting thing about it is that on turn three, you know, the person you're helping out as a chemist 
And this frigate shows up on turn three as one of your reinforcements. And I was like, oh, wow, they're introducing this really large model you know, to help you out in this challenge battle. So I thought that was exceedingly cool. It's not it's not too overpowered either. It's just got a couple shots, whatever else. But certainly cinematic. You're thinking when you're fighting this challenge battle and the ship comes on to help yeah. help you finish it off and take the device and, and, and flee. So <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely a, a get to the chopper. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I really like it. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my, I want to talk about my next one. You ready for it? Go for it. Okay, this last one is uh, Destruction, and it's called Bloodbaths and Brugits. And uh, this is another Brugit-based uh, scenario. And the Brugit, who is a, you know, part of the Gobblepalooza, he is the one who's, you know, who... Is a you know trying to trying to make up some tasty drinks, tasty potions and lotions uh, for your warband. He's making a brew, um, and so your warband's been sent out to gather ingredients while uh, your warband's out getting the ingredients they need. And the ingredients are schnozzlewort and scuttle fungus that you need for this potion. Uh, another warband that kind of smells what's cooking and is going to disrupt your uh, brewing process. And so what you need to do is your the challenger warband. Is a destruction warband. You get a free brew get that you can use, and you're going to fight 1,300 points of the adversary. And the adversary is trying to kill the brew get, and you are trying to get the members of your party that are in different, uh, the, like in your hammer and your dagger, and you have to run them to the brew get with the ingredient. And then once all the ingredients are at the brew get, he brews it, and you win. Um, <laughs> so that's, it's kind of a fun. One. I don't know how it's going to play out, but it seems fun. And then you get, uh, as one of the spoils, you get the, uh, oh, the Brugit's name is uh, Snot Snork. And you get the, the Snot Snork special, uh, which is which has got, got a cool effect. And it's each time the bearer makes a weight action, roll a dice. On a one, you take die three damage. But on a two plus, you can pick the move, toughness, or wounds characteristic of the bearer and add die three to that. Nice. So you can just, instead of moving, you can just like chug potion and like get really beefed up like with really huge toughness probably really huge toughness and really move is probably good too like get well get a little bit of toughness and a little extra move and then you're really cooking yeah and it's cool that it like goes by the weight action it's not like a bonus action or consumable it's just every time you wait um so you can do that twice a turn that's awesome that's cool yeah that's really cool okay so the for death the one i chose is uh called the royal hunt and uh, this particular uh, challenge battle is one where you have to fight and you know you can get the monsters the reward you can get the the terror geist or the zombie dragon but what i really liked about it is that you're joining lord splinterbone again you know lord so splinterbone's back he's like back you know he's here he's busy in the yeah. in the bloodwind spoil but but you're in his court hanging out and he invites you along on a royal hunt to go chase down this magnificent beast and prove your valor so you fight, you know, you join him and, and fight the terror geist or a zombie dragon, and, and then you get to take that away. So I wanted to mention that because again, we've got this reoccurring theme with this flesh eater court lord, and, and it's it's pretty cool. The other interesting one I wait, thought. Wait, wait, wait. I got I got a follow up question. Yeah. Uh, on the royal hunt, is this scenario more doable than the previous uh, terror geist zombie dragon scenario? Well, so the yeah, it doesn't have the summoning. Uh, effect at all doesn't so, have yeah, definitely something <laughs> <laughs> right okay. right yeah no there's no special summoning rules um you know but that yeah because that was a specific challenge battle with 
the zombie dragon itself. Uh, so this one, it's either or, and you just mm-hmm. have the cards for it. But yeah, don't have to worry about it too much, fortunately. <laughs> but the, the second one that I kind of didn't want to go more in depth, just because this is a you know just a monster challenge battle. But again, a, a, a significant persona involved. Uh, but the the one that I thought caught my eye was called Trial of the Five Blades. And uh, your warband is searching for an ancient tomb of a, of a long-dead king that, whose soul has somehow been kept from Nagash. And so Nagash has sent you there to go find the barrow and release the soul of this great king so that he can be put to, put to use. It's interesting because you, you finally get to the tomb and he has five knights that you have to, to fight in this challenge battle. And so they're all different white kings and they all have titles. And you have to defeat each one because there's five seals on the tomb, and and it, the the soul of each one is, you know releases the seal. So I, I thought it was a really neat uh, cinematic thought where you've got to defeat the five champions, and each one releases a seal. Then you can access the tomb and and, and have the king. So <laughs> really neat, uh, and, and it takes place on a catacombs, you know, the Infernal Forge floorboard. Because you're you're supposed to be in the tomb underground, so I thought it was nice that they've implemented nice. some of the catacombs boards for some of these challenge battles and faded quests. Do the white kings have different profiles? You can take either the one with the baleful tomb blade or the axe. You just okay. and then you you give them of the five models. You give them you assign them to each. So there's example one of the knights is the flayed knight. He gets plus one toughness. The oh, briar knight cool. gets plus one attack. Yeah, so each knight has a special ability that they also get once you've assigned what model is associated with their title. Great. I'm really happy that they differentiated them. Oh, that's yeah. a great one. That's a great one. I like it a lot. Yeah, you know, a lot of really interesting faded quests and challenge battles to choose from now. And, and like you said, I think it's nice that you can have that whole range of actions or you could do your quests, the faded quests and challenge battles, and it's all in one book, you know, for the, for those of the people to, to, want to jump in and only want one or two books to get going. All right. And we're going to talk about our listener questions. We've got a lot of really good questions on our discord today, and uh, it'll be kind of fun going through these and and, uh, we'll share our thoughts with you. The first one we have is from Thundercake. He asks, how heavy are these books? Are they good quality, cheaply printed? You know, he wants to know. What are your thoughts, Paven? They seem like good books. (laughs) Yep. Okay, yeah. GW makes good products. They're not hardcover books; they're soft cover, which all of the Warcry books have been. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a lot of I don't have a lot of book commentary, Josh. Yep. Oh, exactly. They're, they're the same as the Toma Champions and and uh, Monsters and Mercenaries. Same material, same quality, and, and they seem to be lasting pretty well for me. So no issues there. Yeah. So our next question is from Gork's Poking Finger. Uh, I want to know what changes to Warband rosters. Points, units, abilities, etc. Did you both want to see that were were or weren't made? What do you think? I will take a pass here, and I was uh, I, we haven't seen any balancing changes happen. Period. Besides, I think like the initial fact that you couldn't use um, onslaught to give additional ranged attacks. Correct. Um, yep. Which might have been more of a clarification than a balance change. Yeah. But. Yeah, I would, yeah, we haven't seen any changes in points or any ab- ability adjustments. Um, I guess we had, did have ability adjustments, but nothing, nothing that's like taken anything away. For example, the bonkers Gloomspite Git cl- um, quad that does rampage and then adds like a million damage onto the attacks. Exactly the same as it was before. 
So yep. I was I was hoping that there would be some there would be a balancing pass. Maybe it's something they're not willing to do for Warcry or something they might maybe want to do later. I I don't think it impacts my games that greatly because I I definitely play in the more narrative space and keep it casual. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I kind of stopped playing my Gloomspite gets because they they felt so so strong. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're right. The, you know they didn't introduce, as far as I can tell, no changes to to anything. And it was the only time is when that chaos. Uh, ally that you could take where they they pop pumped it up to a quad instead of the triple that it was or something like that but oh you're right yeah death blow death blow yeah. was a double that like you know it had to do like a million damage so yeah yeah, yeah exactly it made, it made yeah. yeah it was a chieftain the chaos chieftain i think it was but uh but yeah no i didn't i wasn't really expecting anything um and like you said i wasn't really wanting to see anything i think there are some units where you know uh you know some people i've seen mention that you know well that you know, toughness may be overpriced. Is it worth rebalancing points for models like that, or or not? You know, I think it's hard to say. I don't know what the right choice is, but uh, I didn't really expect to see anything, and and, and we haven't at this point. Yeah, it, yeah uh, it's definitely positioned as a narrative game as opposed yeah. to a tight competitive game, and they right. kind of treated it stuff like they just they just give us more things to play with in our own games rather than like kind of honing in on a very tight experience but i'm curious i'm curious like i've, I've never played like a, a straight match play game or done a match play tournament so i'm wondering what the experience is like there yeah um, all right a couple other questions from from gork's poking finger the, the next one is what new narrative paths will these books and the toma champions create for our games campaigns and uh, i think we've covered a lot of that already um you know just in terms of the additional faded quests and challenge battles they introduce as well as the huge variety of models that they've added to take as heroes or allies or leaders, you know, depending on the warband. Did you have any other thoughts about that, Payton? Yeah, I think the biggest avenue is the amount of uh, models you have access to and to tell your own warband's narrative, like, you know, mm-hmm. adding... Because you have access to, like, all the heroes in the game, so if you want your uh, Nighthout army to have a vampire leader and he's the king of ghosts and you want to tell that story, you now have access to the models to do that. Um, yeah. So I think that's really great. So this last question is, how would you make Rotbringers viable since the Grand Alliance book didn't do much? And, uh, since you've got the Chaos one, I'll punt that to you. I've never played against Rotbringers. I didn't look at the rules. I don't know. Let's, you know <laughs> okay, I'll flip to the page and I'll give you my hot take. Let's, yeah, I think they added... If I recall correctly, they did add more models that you can take than were the in the original cards. But it, but you know, I guess my my go to would be, you know, what issues are you having with that particular warband, and then maybe choose uh, an ally or a hero to help mitigate some of the trouble or add flavor. Yeah, I don't know. This guys seem cool. They're great models. I don't know yep. what the uh, yeah I don't know what the specific complaint is. Probably like <laughs> low movement or like cheap models. I think thralls help you a lot. Yeah, I don't have, yeah. I don't have an opinion on, on trying to. to yeah, no, I definitely think you'd want to rely on thralls to help with some of the mobility. Like I did, I used to take the reaper, the hurt, the furies, the harpies rather. Yeah, you know, the yeah, furies, chaos furies. They're good. They're fast and they uh, and they uh, cheap. Yeah, exactly. So our next few questions are from PM Zig Price. Do we think the meta has changed at all with these books released? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. This is yeah. the, the Warcry meta rundown. Uh, yeah. But I mean, I don't know. Are we still the only Warcry show? We might have to be. <laughs> There's uh, a lot of YouTube, you know, presentations. But yeah, I don't know yeah. in terms of podcasting. 
I don't know. You want to take this one? I, I think we speculated a lot that we think this will change the meta, and there's probably some sick combos out there, but we don't know what they are. Yeah, exactly. And it'll be hard to tell until you know people are able to actually start playing games again and more competitive bases. I think meta is usually associated with more competitive games. Yeah, and what combos we might end up seeing. I think in terms of uh, variety, I, I, you know, I think we'll definitely see a heck of a lot more variety in warbands uh, as we're going forward. Uh, the next question is, is there any indication how often Grand Alliance books will be released? Is it going to be an annual release like Tome of Champions? And uh, I don't think so. I think this is a one-off thing for the Grand Alliance books. I think Tome of Champions is our annual update, new content, etc. But in terms of, you know, when they come out with the next new AOS army, how are they going to implement those new models or bands into the current selection i don't know you know you know whether they'll be in tome of champions or maybe they'll release a subset of cards and abilities or you know, that'll be interesting to see do you have any thoughts paven yeah the yeah i don't i don't think we'll get a new ga book until we get a war cry 2.0 mm-hmm. um i think that's when these are kind of more like battle tomes i think as far as the release schedule is right uh, so i agree with you there it is a very interesting question is how do they add new war bands i mean they've done this in a number of ways or community yeah. articles or white dwarves or you know right card packs so there's a lot of ways they can add new ones it does make it a little awkward where like how do what do you need to, what do you need to buy to start playing the brand new uh fact age of sigmar faction whether it's you know uh, i don't know insect people yeah um, like what, what does that take so well, yeah actually yeah. um you know they did in the in some of the newer battle tomes, when skirmish was around, they did add some of the new skirmish rules in the battle tomes for that faction. You know, like Path to Glory, skirmish. So maybe they'll yeah. do the same thing for you know, maybe they'll add the Warcry specific abilities and information yeah. in, in the battle tomes. That would be very cool. I, 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 you know, I certainly like Warcry a lot more than I like uh, Path to Glory. Yeah, yeah. As especially as an on ramp. Yeah, but it makes it like it's a weird sell for somebody that just wants to play Warcry that they have to buy the Age of Sigmar Battle Tome, which right. has a lot of information that isn't quite related to Warcry. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the right what they're going to do. Yeah, good question. And then uh, last question is: Would it be better to pick up the new Grand Alliance book first or the new Tome of Champions? What book adds the most to the game and should be prioritized? Um, I don't know. What do you think, Paven? Um, depends, <laughs> what you, depends what you have. Like, yeah. do you have um, like a lot of uh, chaos miniatures? If you have a lot of chaos miniatures, I think Agents of Chaos will get you, like, it'll give you access to the rules for all of those miniatures and quests to go on and challenge battles that are going to be related to those uh, minis. And so I think you'd get a lot out of that. Um, we haven't talked about Toma Champions too much on this show because we're going to talk about it on the next show. But Toma Champions is also is so far been really cool. Um, and it has a number of rules updates that are just make the game better. So I don't know. Get both, I guess. Probably, yeah, yeah. I'd probably, you know, I'm, I'm buying them both, but I'd probably prioritize the Grand Alliance book for whatever faction you are playing. Although if you have just, if you're playing like Spire Tyrants and you already have like a Spire Tyrant quest and all the cards, then probably you can put off the GA book and maybe Tome of Champions would be more fun. Yeah, I don't know. I agree with you there. Yeah, I, I think, you know, to your point, it depends on what you already have. If you already have Monsters and Mercenaries and Tome of Champions 2019, you know, maybe you don't need the new challenge battles and faded quests and, and monster rules that are introduced in the Grand Alliance books. But if you're, if you're just starting out, the Grand Alliance book is a great way to get all of that information in one place. 
and, and it gives you a lot of variability or very variety in what you can do for your warband. But but again, yeah, uh, eventually you want to pick up the Tome of Champions just for the additional trial champions and campaign setting. But but yeah, so I think it depends that if you're if you're more of a beginning player or have a, a new warband, the 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 battle tomes might be your best first choice. But you, if you already have all of that, you don't necessarily need it. Then Tome of Champions would be the the next choice. All right, our next question is from Rapturous Rex. Uh, two questions here. Overall, does the narrative of the eight points gain or lose from the book editions? What do you think, Dave? What would losing look like? Maybe if you muddied the waters, you know, or, or polluted the eight points with uh, <laughs> other little retcons, like the whole book retcons everything. Right, right. Yeah, yeah maybe. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Gains, of course. Like, how could it not gain? They're just filling in more exciting little nooks and crannies of the Bloodwind's foil. I don't know if there's any shocking moments, but uh, I would say gain. Josh, do you have a different take? Yeah, no, I, th- I definitely think we gain. Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I think some of the challenge battles and faded quests, you know, they talk about the the storyline that's ongoing or allude to events which which have happened. You know, the invasion of the eight points, you know, and, and Marathi's uh, invasion and, and collection of Varanite and Ascension. So, you know, I definitely think it's fitting into the storyline, and I think these kind of help tie that all in so you can play your Warcry Warband, you know, with those events or without those events. Actually, one thing I noticed today when I read just the opening page of the Order, you know, the Sentinels of Order, is it actually tells us that the Bloodwind Spoils is between the Shamanic and Gurish Arcways. So I don't know if we actually knew which Realm Gates were closest or not until that that particular part. So I was like, all right. We we actually knew that because that's oh. why um yeah sorry 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 to burst your bubble uh, <laughs> that's why the Iron Golems and the Untamed Beasts were the first two warbands um, yeah, sure. they're from Gur and Shema respectively that makes sense that makes sense yeah I was like I can't remember that being mentioned but that must have just forgotten <laughs> perfect the, the second question was, have the new books and changes made you want to do any new warbands and I think you talked about that already <laughs> Slaves to Darkness and uh, uh, yeah, for me, I definitely, I think there's a, a lot of really fun options, especially with Cities of Sigmar, you know, having like a Demigriff Knight errant quests or, you know, maybe coming up with some unique uh, pirate lists, you know, with Cities of Sigmar ragtag warbands or with the, the Dark Elves. A lot of really interesting possibilities now. What do you think, Paven? Just uh, the yeah, I mean, I'm, talking, yeah, I'm going crazy for a Living City warband, but yeah, um, yeah I think I'm going to... Yeah, when I when I clear off my backlog, I'm gonna I want to buy a Warden King because I really like that model, and then uh, kind of uh, make him more organic looking. I guess mm-hmm. I'm gonna give him like antlers and give him yeah. a banner off the tree revenants, and and see how I feel, and then maybe expand more. But awesome. yes, short answer, yes. <laughs> okay, and uh, next we have Darth Alec, and uh, we have a lot of questions here. Uh, first question is. How necessary are the books compared to using inbox rule cards or buying rule packs? Now, I think we kind of covered that already in terms of, uh, you know, it depends on what you already have. And they introduce a lot of uh, nice variety and update, of course, to the monsters and mercenaries, allies, rules. But, you know, as long as you know how heroes work, or, you know, then, then you don't necessarily need that information. But, yeah, if you don't own anything, these are a great first way in. Uh, but if you already have the other books, they're not necessary unless you want to explore those additional options. 
Well, what do you think? I want to add, add a little, muddy it a little bit. So, like, the Warcry-specific warbands, there's no updates to their rules. Right. For everybody else, they their ability cards got updated. Yeah, because uh, yeah, they have the new leader. They got additional abilities. So, yep. uh, it's kind of, like, if you were playing, I don't know, Skaven before, it's kind of necessary to get the Chaos book. Um, and, you know, your cards... Um, are still good, but your or the at least the not, the fighter cards are still good, but the ability cards are not uh, need an amendment in order Correct. to fully. That's a great point. Yeah, um, encapsulate the new rules. Darth Alex, next question is favorite new unit and monster per Grand Alliance, and uh, I think we kind of covered some of those. But anything that you wanted to mention? Yeah, no, that was like uh, literally a section in our show. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, do it again. <laughs> Yeah, any missed great monster. Question. Great question. Yeah. And then, and then a follow up to that is any missed monster unit opportunities. And I think we had some thoughts here. If you want to start with that. Yeah, I would have liked to see the Stegadon, plain Stegadon, no thing on top, uh, Tree Lord, and an Alaplex without the Riders. Um, yeah, those yeah. are like the right size for Warcry and like uh, cool. I would have liked to have them. Yeah, yeah, no, Tree Lord was definitely on my, my thought list, and I also thought a Magma Droth would have been a great monster to add for order, or a giant, you know, all of actions, you know, can ally giants um, with, with uh, you know, Sons of Behemoth. Um, you, wanted, you wanted the Sons of Behemoth in, as, an, as a monster? Well, no, no, not, 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 not like one of the Krakens or, you know, the, the oh, Mega okay. Gargants, but like a regular giant, a regular Gargant, you know, because... Yeah. Uh, Destruction got one, which is great. Yeah, but, yeah the dark, destruction got the ale, ale guzzler, which I think was was good. Yeah, and, and I think the you know the sons of Fiamat battle tome allows each faction to take a giant as an ally. Um, so mm-hmm. I thought it would be neat if each faction here could also take a, like an ale guzzler as a as a monster. So I was surprised not to see that, but uh, but you know that could be something you kind of uh, you know house rule or whatnot as well. Countess Ellis Inat Nianat is uh, has a couple questions. First question is: Do they add more allies or monsters for non-chaos armies? Monsters and mercenaries had lots of chaos ones, but much fewer for others. Mostly wondering about Daughters of Cain personally, but others as well, because uh, the Daughters of Cain was limited to the Hag Queen and Slaughter Queen for allies, or Stormcast for Ideneth, Warhydra and Carbonus Carhibdris. For monsters, um, so I think we covered this already. They add a lot new heroes, you know, which are allies with your faction wound mark. So you can add a lot new heroes to your warband. There are also all the order allies could be added to your warband. However, the monsters did not change. And yeah, um, for order, for order, for order, yes, correct. Um, uh, for uh, the second question, uh, any catacomb specific things in the alliance books? And I, I saw a few faded quests and or challenge battles do use the Catacomb Infernal Forge Floor map uh, as, as part of them. But other than that, nothing specifically in the in the two books I read through. How about you, Pavin? Yeah, they get yeah you get a scenario here and there that are a Catacomb specific scenario or dungeon games. Yep. Um, also, something to note is I think this is across all the Grand Alliance books, but. Um, when they're for the faded quest to create the terrain map, they are using the above ground terrain plus some of the uh, dungeon scatter terrain to make all of those maps. 
So they're assuming you have catacombs instead of assuming you had the previous box. Gotcha. Um, nice. I think that's, that's cool. Yeah. No, because I have those now. Right. I never had the uh, the original uh, starter box, so I always had to be inspired by the terrain card and then piece together my Azerite ruins. <laughs> Very nice. All right. Uh, next listener question from Ben B. Silas. Have you guys played the scenarios featuring Gotrick and Jacob Bugmanson? If so, what are your thoughts on them? Um, I've not played them. I have read through them both, and they look like very interesting quests. Uh, there's actually two different challenge battles with Gotrick, I believe. And, and then I just read through Jacob's Bugmanson's today. How, how, how about you, Pavin? Do you play them at all? Or no, I haven't played them. I really want to play the Gotrek one. Uh, yeah. Those look really fun, especially the one where, like, is it the the chaos? You're just trying to kill Gotrek, and yeah. uh, it's like he's such a monster in that center because he's already crazy. He's got crazy rules, and then he like gets additional like activations in that one. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. I really I think that's really fun. Um, yeah, the but, other like, one is your if you're ally if you're an order band you're with him and you're fighting all these different beasts that just keep coming. Yeah, so he has like <laughs> waves of monsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those both really good. Um, the yeah, I think what holds me back from a couple of those challenge scenarios is I don't want to do them until I have all the miniatures I need for them painted. Right. Um, so sometimes it's hard for like to get like the exact things I need if they don't fit into uh, an existing project. Yeah. Yeah, that's part of the reason why I picked up the uh, Age of Sigmar objective terrain pieces because a lot of those yeah. featured in challenge battles in uh, Toma Champions 2019. So I was like, all right, now I've got it. So. <laughs> Okay, and our last listener questions are come from Scripps. Is there any reason not to buy the new Alliance books? If, For example, if you have the cards in the Mercenary Allies book and pick up the new Toma Champions, you won't find anything you need in these. Um, again, I think we kind of touched on this with one of the previous listener questions, but anything else you wanted to, to add for comment? Yeah, there will always be value in these books. I think if you, ha- if you only have like a... Um, a Warcry Warband, Chaos Warband. Like if that's the only miniatures you own, um, you'll get less value out of these books, but you'll still get a your entire list of allies and monsters and uh, that you can take to supplement that Warband. So that's cool that you'll have you'll have all of those rules uh, as you want to make additions to that Warband, and you also get access to all these faded quests and all of these challenge battles, which are just fun opportunities to to play more games. So that would be like the lowest value, and I think it's still pretty good value. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think the only the only reason you wouldn't is you know obviously if you don't have the money to spend on multiple products at once, what do you prioritize? But again, as you said, I think there's lots of value in each one, you know, because you get different perspectives and different stories narratively from each faction, uh, from each alliance, and I think that's a lot of fun. Uh, but you know, just in terms of having everything in one book for a particular you know uh grand alliance that you might be playing i think is highly convenient you know less books that you might have to cart around yeah i think each one of these books is better than monsters and mercenaries yeah yeah because it has the monster rules it has their stack cards and it has a quest or a challenge battle where you can get that one yeah yeah it yeah i think they're they're they're, it feels like a, a cooler product yeah great well, that was all of our listener questions. Again, you know, thank you, everybody, for submitting questions. We're always interested to, to hear what you have for us and what you're interested in hearing about. Uh, Pavin, did you, did you have any um, last thoughts or comments you wanted to share? 
Nah, I'm good. It's a great episode. Great job, Josh. Uh, thank you, listeners. Um, if uh, you want to check us out, uh, come hang out with us at the modalrealms.com slash discord. Me and Josh are both uh, somewhat uh, active in that community. It's where we're going to post uh, our hobby progress uh, as it comes up in the hobby progress, uh, the hobby time room. Um, yeah, it's a nice community. Come come hang out. Uh, we also, Josh, you also man a couple of our uh, social medias. You want to talk about those? Yep. Yeah. So we definitely have a dogs of warcry at gmail.com. If you have any questions or thoughts that you'd like to share with us, we'd be happy to hear about them. And we also have a, a Twitter, dogs of warcry. But we'll occasionally post and share information there as well as the podcast. But you're always welcome to uh, ask questions or share uh, your progress and war bands with us at that uh, Twitter. Great. Well, thanks, everybody. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. It's time to put a muzzle on this episode. If it was a good, good dog, support the show with a positive review on iTunes, sharing it with friends, joining us for hobby discussions at themotorrealms.com forward slash discord, or leave a tip at themotorrealms.com forward slash Patreon. More content is available at themotorrealms.com and on Twitter at Dogs of Warcry.